0: listening to a special edition of MMA Fancast brought to you by octagon247.com
1: Post UFC 205 MMA Fancast brought to you by Octagon 247 the most incredible fight night The best card to ever be assembled in the history of mixed martial arts has come and it has swooped its way through Madison Square Garden and New York City. And we are here with you, with our fans, to really dissect and talk about what was Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez. I am joined by my amazing, tremendous... Elderly co host, Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? The morning after edition of this podcast. Well, you know, just to wrap up, if I, Sahara, if you could tell us in three words your thoughts on UFC 205, or two words, or one word, keep it short and sweet. We don't want to hear from you more than we have to. Unbelievable. Well, there you have it, folks. The Moon Man has spoken. He is clearly a man of few words this morning. However, I mean, we witnessed historic a historic event. Yeah, now in fairness to me,
0: that fight left so many people speechless. Connor said, this is what I'm going to do. Connor came in. And did what he said he
1: was going to do. It's, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable how few people. Well, I mean, the, the amount of jealousy that he has created within within other fighters is un- unparalleled. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, the other fighters are discounting as a not a credible fighter. And then he goes in and wrecks... The guy who is the champion of the most competitive division in the sport. I wish there were some way... Hopefully uh, everybody out
0: there that's listening to this saw the fight. But if you didn't, um, and you're just reading uh, commentary, listening to podcasts, um, and maybe seeing a few clips, I I don't know if... If you did not see the actual fight, I don't know, I don't think what you may have seen, those clips, would really do justice to what what Conor did. He just, I think that was the most dominant performance that, that he's ever had. Aside from the Aldo, you know, I think we have to throw that one out. Um, just because it was so short, not out of the ordinary for him, he's got that power, but... There was just nothing, nothing that Alvarez could do. Yeah,
1: Alvarez did not pose any type of threat to Conor McGregor this enti- the entire fight. He had, I don't know, six, seven minutes um, to get a reasonable attempt at a takedown. Those were so far from um, becoming a takedown that it wasn't even funny. Um then he kind of you know abandoned that and and you know one of the concerns that that I had and that we had talked about on previous podcasts, as well as I had written about this on um octagon247.com, who brings us MMA fancast. Um, I talked about the concern that Eddie Alvarez was susceptible to falling into the trap of fighting Conor McGregor's fight. And I I said that talent-wise it's a 50-50 shot but but head-wise the psychology of the sport that Eddie Alvarez was in trouble here and I think that showed itself to be 100% accurate in this
0: fight. So everybody out there in podcast land listening to this listening to MMA Fancast by now knows the result of the Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez fight. What you really need to do if you miss these is look at the pre-fight press conference and also um, the weigh-ins. And and Alvarez and his reaction to the fans, he was completely rattled by their reaction, what he did at the weigh-ins, at the, uh, at the press conference, and he, he stormed off and was just almost like a little kid, like he was going to take his ball and go home because he couldn't, you know, nobody would play by his rules. C- clearly, like you said, Ryan, the psychology of the sport, some guys got it, and maybe Alvarez does against somebody else. There is, I, I can't think of anybody right now that can match up with Connor. When, when you tie in this part of the game, this part of the fight. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, when when this goes back, when we look back on this event and we look back on this fight, I think we're going to see that we're going to see a pattern that happened here. We're going to see the pattern that Conor McGregor got Eddie Alvarez to do what he wanted him to do. To He, he dictated what was happening. He talked smack. Eddie Alvarez tried to talk smack. Eddie Alvarez played his Smack Talk game. He, you know, l- dictated the pace of the pre-fight, and then the same exact thing happened in the fight. So, so just real quick, if you can
0: explain, maybe in a little more detail what you're talking about, because Smack Talk's Smack Talk. You know, you and I could joke around and do that, and we've heard other fighters, you know, with Smack Talk towards each other, but this is different. This is different with Conor.
1: So... Yeah, Connor will, will, you know, poke you. He's like the the little brother that you you know is just gonna poke you and annoy you until he gets a reaction. Well, here's he. That's what he did to start with uh, with Eddie Alvarez. And Alvarez, it took one poke, and Alvarez was was in Connor's world. He was in Connor's world with. I mean, the guy isn't a smack talker. He's not a, an abrasive guy. He's not. That's just not who he's been in his career. And so you don't just become that, for one fight, and then that's who you become. No. I mean, Conor McGregor. It's a part of his personality, and it's his world. It's what he's comfortable with. Eddie Alvarez was walking into Conor's world, letting Conor make the rules. And he was following the rules. We got into this fight. We've said previously, both in, I've said previously, both in writing and on um, our MMA fancast podcasts, that Eddie Alvarez needed to stick to wrestling, needed to, needed to um, use feints, shots, and, and, and get the takedown. And that's where that fight needed to be for him. And. And that's not what happened. He stood and boxed for the most part. And this is what Eddie Alvarez had to say after the fight. Uh, we, we, we started throwing kicks, and the kicks were successful. Uh, I would have kicked more, and we didn't wrestle enough. The idea was to go in there and wrestle. <laughs> wrestle a guy who likes to box, and I didn't do that. And um, not quite sure why I didn't do that, but I didn't do that tonight and I paid the price for it, and uh, he, uh, he capitalized. So I know why you didn't wrestle. It's because you were letting Conor McGregor lead. You were playing. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you set the pace, and you did it the whole time, and this is what concerned me. He goes into this fight with a clean, fresh mind. He goes into this fight without emotion. Eddie Alvarez is an emotional guy. He's an emotional fighter, and he needs to go into every fight emotionless, or else it's going to—he's going to get sidetracked. So um, this is what
0: this is what an opponent of McGregor needs to do. Um, There's there's a part of the fight prep. That other fighters have to follow, and you know I don't know if we'll ever see this fight, um, a Woodley McGregor fight, but Woodley talked about facing off against Wonderboy, and he talked about how he's a puzzle, and he had to try and figure out how to how to attack him, how to defend against him. So he he prepared, and and in the fight it showed his prep. He was ready. You got to do the same thing with Connor, but but the tough part about this puzzle is it's not a one-sided puzzle where, where the picture is on one side. You flip over that puzzle piece, and there's a picture on the other side. So which side do you use? What side of the puzzle are you trying to put together? And are you using the wrong side to try and make these pieces fit and come up with something that's going to have you you know with success end up with success against connor i don't know it's it's going to be tough for somebody out there connor made the mistake against diaz it wasn't that diaz tricked connor into doing something because we saw in the second fight what connor was able to do with diaz he 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 stayed away he got off his his own fight plan in that first fight connor's not going to be stupid enough to do that with any other fighter. I think that was a big lesson that he learned, and he's going to stick to his fight plan. And And with um, against Alvarez, he brought in... i I, I got to look this up, but um, I thought that he brought in a wrestling coach, or he focused on wrestling a lot with this to prepare for Alvarez, who is a strong, strong wrestler.
1: Yeah, and... and- I don't think that, um, you know, when you take a look at Diaz and why he had success against Conor, it's because Diaz lives in Conor's world already. That's the world he lives in, the world of chaos, the world of controversy, the world of, um, you know, conflict, all of those things. And so he was comfortable in Conor's world. And Eddie Alvarez went into Connor's world and tried to be someone he's not ever shown to be in his career. And that carried over into the fight. He, he got sucked into uh, giving up on feints and shots and, and got sucked up into um, battling a boxing match against a guy that you don't want to be uh, boxing against. And that left hand, I'll tell you what... <laughs> That left hand, uh, for those of you that didn't see the fight, Eddie Alvarez was dropped with flash knockdowns, uh, most of them, uh, five or six times. I mean, four, three or four times in the first round alone, he was, he was knocked down with a punch. And, uh, you know, going into the fight, Eddie Alvarez stated – all that Conor McGregor has is that left hand, and that's, that's all he has. That's his arsenal. Well, guess what? That's the same shot that was knocking you down on your butt over and over and over again. That's a great shot that, that, that Conor McGregor's got. That left yeah, hand is... And
0: um, and if you look at the way Alvarez went down and then what his reaction was, was like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah, and each time it happened, more and more, it looked like there was fear on, on Alva, on Eddie Alvarez's face. And I don't want to say fear like, you know, he's he's scared for his life, but he knew that this is, this is the guy that this guy said he is. Yeah, and the the hype is not just hype. It's this real. is real.
1: It is very real. And just, Connor showed that he is who he says he is. And, you know, at some point, I think the other fighters are going to have to recognize that they can't keep just dismissing Connor McGregor to as not a real fighter, as not a, um, you know, I think their jealousy of... the the money that Conor McGregor is making being, you know, them only making a fraction of what he's making um, convolutes their head. I mean, is he, he's making 10 times what many fighters are making. Is he 10 times better? No. And that's what I think that they're, that they're judge They're saying, oh, he's not that great. He's not 10 times better than a lot of guys, but the guy is everything he says he is. He just moved up from 145 to 155, faced the title holder of a ridiculously tough division, and made him look like a child. He made him look very pedestrian. It it, it was like, you know, when you think about... A dominating football game. A lot of times, you'll say it was like a, a, you know, a a boy versus uh, or or like a professional football team versus a JV high school football team. It 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 looked like that because it looked like these two didn't belong in the same octagon together. Yeah, Um, just going back to what we said earlier
0: about Connor saying he's going to do this. And then Connor follows through. And even though you hear that over and over again, to witness it is still, and it's still an amazing feat that this guy can come in. And I don't want to say impose his will because he's he is he sticks to fundamentals. And fundamentals for Connor are sticking to his game. And I'm not saying be like a you know a um, bland fighter. He's, he's very flashy, but um, he is basic in imposing his fight plan and not falling into the trap of somebody else you know another fighter's plan. He did it he does it time and time again. You hear him saying this is what he's gonna do and I think he's he actually you know I could be off on this a little bit, but um, I think he did call for a knockout and added, That he respects his, um, talking about Alvarez, he respects his fitness level and that he may be able to survive in the trenches and go the distance, but he did say he's going to come out with two belts. At the end of the night, Connor, which, you know, a little comical when he's standing there with Joe Rogan, he's asking, where's my second belt? Where's my second belt? Finally, he gets it. But what Connor said he was going to do, he did. And the thousands of people on, you know, on hand still were amazed at what happened.
1: Well, and, and the funny, funny you should bring up the second belt because they didn't know where that belt was. And, and Conor really wanted that, his second belt. And it's pretty interesting. The belt that they brought out, I don't know if you knew this, Sahara, the belt that, that was brought out to him wasn't his belt. Do you want to take a wild guess in whose belt that was? Woodley's. It was Woodley's belt. I, yeah, I... You did read that? Um, I, I did catch that. And how I
0: how ironic would that be if if those two... Because there is some speculation. There's a lot of speculation.
1: Yeah. This is more than some that um, Woodley would be a potential next fight. Woodley even mentioned it after the fight. Um, well, I mean, Woodley wants that fight. I mean, that's a money fight. That's the... <laughs> Everyone wants to fight Conor McGregor. He's he's he makes you rich. He jokingly, uh, I think jokingly, um, said that back at the um, I forget what press conference it was. They had a big press conference with all of the all of the top fighters. Um, the Go Big press conference, I think it was, and McGregor was talking about, was was really um, going after Rafael Dos Anos, and he said, you know, I'm the the fight you get when you call your wife, you call home, you say, baby, Conor just made me rich. Conor made me rich because, uh, you know, that's what he's saying you would say if you got a fight with him. And he jokingly said that, that's the truth. You get a fight with Conor McGregor, you're a rich man. He makes other fighters rich. And it's crazy. Um, he made Nate Diaz rich. Nate Diaz doesn't care if he ever fights again now. Nate Diaz did, never thought he'd make this much money in his whole life. Nate Diaz helped make himself rich, but he, it was because he fought Conor. Right. And uh, and so everyone in the UFC wants to fight Conor because they want to make ten times what they're making right now. And that's what they get to do when they, when they fight Conor. So talking about Connor
0: we go back to just before the fight starts. everybody is is in the ring the announcers there both teams and um, and Connor is announced first and he does this thing where he comes to the center of the ring and he stands there with his arms up and to me right there I believe is when Alvarez was again sucked in sucked into Connor's fight and he thought I'm gonna knock that that smile, that little smirk that he has on his face. That guy that has just the left hand. Well you, you you cannot fall for that no matter who you are. If you know if uh, if Woodley, you know if that fight ever happens and um, and Connor does that, you know, they he comes to the center of the ring and falls for that. You know, I don't know what that outcome is going to be um, ultimately, but that's part of Connor's fight. And and this is where, you know, fighters are losing it. You've got to maintain focus from the moment that first bell sounds and the action begins all the way through the end because you don't know what Connor's going to throw at you with his arsenal because he's not just a one-dimensional fighter. He's got that wicked left hand, but he's also Got the
1: kicks, the spinning kicks, the spinning back fist. Uh, I, I mean I I think if you take a look at Connor fights, you'll see he has a dynamic arsenal of, of weapons. Um, and, and I think maybe possibly lately he's relied more heavily on that left hand because it's just been so successful for him. It's a power shot that's knocked Eddie Alvarez on his butt five times in seven minutes. I mean at least five times in seven minutes. I, if something's that good, Ronda Rousey, if your if your takedown and, and armbar are that good, keep doing it. If your left left cross and hook are that good, keep doing it. I mean, it, he's precise, and so he's gonna land those a lot. And if and if they're powerful enough shots that they put people on their butts and stun them then he's going to keep using it and he's going to keep winning over fans and he's going to keep winning belts. And, you know, I think uh, Nate Diaz figured him out a little bit. And he's the only one in recent history. I mean, if you take a look at the uh, first round of the... Um, uh, who is that? Uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. If you take a look at the first round of the Chad Mendes fight. Mendez controlled Conor on the ground. It was it was because he was able to get the takedown, but he also gassed himself out because Conor works Connor works hard. And um, then he gassed himself out, and Conor just bull, bulldozed him. I know he took the, the fight on short notice. I, I I get that. But also, Conor McGregor, this is a guy who's since that time been accused of not having a, a, a gas tank and, you know, He proved that after getting, uh, manhandled for a round that he still had gas left in the tank and, and, and got the, got the knockout of Mendez in the second round. So, so to kind of, the fight was amazing. The, the crowd was absolutely amazing. Um. Jim uh, Sahara and I talked about the crowd. So we were at UFC 203 and at UFC 205. UFC 203 was the first time ever in Cleveland. UFC 205, first time ever in New York, Madison Square Garden. We're kind of talking about comparing the crowds. Um, The McGregor crowd here in New York, um, a lot of Irish. um, uh, uh, Everyone's a a McGregor fan in that arena. Uh, I would say that...
0: I think there were, they counted 43. It was 42 <laughs> or 43 Alvarez fans. Yeah.
1: So it was, I mean, everyone was standing up and cheering and crazy and all of those things. But we're kind of comparing the crowd in Cleveland where Stipe Miocic defended his belt against Alistair Overeem versus the crowd in New York at Madison Square Garden last night with Conor McGregor. And i got to tell you, I think we both agreed that that Cleveland UFC 203 crowd, it may not have been louder because it's a small, a little bit smaller of an arena, I think, and but it was raucous. That crowd was top-notch. And, Jim, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I, I would give it a slight edge over UFC 205 crowd.
0: I agree. Now, t- to add a little backdrop, and I think we mentioned this, we had a conversation with Forrest Griffin and asking him what he thought of that atmosphere. This is when we were in Cleveland. And he said, you know, it's got to be top three, uh, referencing the Cleveland crowd and the atmosphere inside, what we all experienced. Um, and he said, you know, the only, thing that, the only one that he could truly recall that might top that was Dublin. Um, so we have that as a reference um, you know, from somebody inside the circle who was there to experience both of those. Now that we were inside to experience MSG in 205, and then Quicken Loans Arena and UFC 203, um, it was, there were times when it was comparable, um, but I, I still give the notch to 203. Um not taking anything away from 205 because that's that's a once in a lifetime event that we experienced uh, you know I don't know if the UFC I'm sure they're going to try and they're probably going to have some super fight you know sometime in the near future maybe 250 250 is a big number who knows but um, you know Dana has the ability to put those fights together I'm sure he's going to try and find the right, right venue they briefly talked about maybe doing something in Dallas where you know, I mean that the crowd potentially they could bring in I don't know like eighty thousand for that. Yeah, I think they it's, could bring
1: in even more than that. Yeah, so in Dallas a hundred thousand.
0: But I don't know what that does for the atmosphere. Sure, you got a lot of people there, but is it going to be this electricity that's floating through the air and you can feel it? There's there's a pulse there, like we experienced in Cleveland, and and last night. At uh at 205 inside MSG, yeah I don't things like that you can't create, it's just what happens. There's not you can never create that feeling and say I'm gonna put this together and here's the atmosphere we're gonna create inside. You can hope for it, um, but it's the action inside and the fans' reaction to that that's ultimately going to
1: create that environment. Yeah and and that brings us to. The big announcement we were talking about—that's been talked about on and on and on—about McGregor making a big announcement, and you know what? We were expecting an announcement with Joe Rogan after the fight, and assumed that was going to happen. And what happened was um, McGregor made a um, a comment to Rogan that he was basically leading up to apologizing he 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 made the the comment um i was you know i've insulted everyone in this company many times and i have um not been polite to so many people and for that i want to apologize to nobody and um drew a huge laugh and and out of the audience and it was just Conor being Conor and uh was absolutely hilarious and um also made us wonder what, what was the announcement like is there more is and, and so after the uh at the at the press conference Conor McGregor announced that he is going to be a dad and um that uh what I think the announcement is ending up being, and maybe not necessarily what what he intended on announcing when he when we started talking about this announcement was that he 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 wanted he wants ownership stake in UFC. He is demanding. Um, he says, "Listen, it's time to come talk to me about this because I've built this thing up, and I feel like it's you know um, time to talk, start talking about that." And so. Uh, Conor McGregor is making some type of demand for an ownership stake in the UFC. I don't, uh, you know. Sure,
0: Conor has greatly contributed to um, to what's been going on lately. Actually, you know, since he's come over, he, I I'll disagree with him that he created this. He can he can say that. There are things going on that you can attribute to Conor McGregor, but but I you know I don't uh, I don't know if he's got a leg to stand there. If uh, if the UFC loses Conor, he decides to retire. There's some um, contract dispute, whatever the case is, um, and things don't work out where Dana can't get him back in the ring. That's definitely a big blow, but um, you know the UFC will go on. I don't know what that dynamic would look like if Connor was a part of that or, you know, got some piece of that pie. Because he's getting, you know, his his lion's share um, of the purses, you know, and the money out there for the fights and then the endorsements and um, it's just, I, I don't know what else could be added for Connor.
1: Yeah, um, having ownership stake, you know, he would, he would certainly. Um, it would certainly be even more, even more um, motivation for Connor to build up what he's already done.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear. I apologize for interrupting, Ryan. I didn't hear any of this. Um, so you know, I'm just reacting fresh to to hearing this uh, stake in the UFC. Um, and maybe there's some stipulation where he doesn't have any decision making. Obviously, because he would buy, be minority, and he gets a percentage, you know, something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think as a businessman, you got to go for what you can get. Um, and if he can, and if he can get a, a, a share of the UFC ownership, then by all means. Um, I I tend to think that Conor has been a huge part of getting the the UFC in the last couple years to where it is now with uh, pulling in a bunch of rabid fans um, that can't get enough. Um, That's a big deal. And if you lost that now, that would be a big deal. And so, um, you know, who knows? Where that's headed, I to for Connor. Hey, and and, and all. Uh, it was pretty cool last night. Um, ran back to the hotel where we're staying at, and um, needed to pick something up. And ride in the elevator back down to the lobby, and and um, there's a couple in there with me. And I said they. I heard them talking with accents about fighting and i said oh are you guys going to the fights tonight and they said yeah we're going a little bit and the woman looks at me and she said this is connor's dad and so i got to spend a couple moments with connor's dad in the elevator pre-fight and uh nice guy and if once you start listening to mma FanCast, we'll have you on the show And uh, so, yeah, any final uh, thoughts on the McGregor? So we're really doing this podcast to wrap up just the McGregor and Alvarez fight. Um, We're going to do another podcast uh, to wrap up the rest of USC 205. And uh, we're also going to do our regular podcast this evening, uh, which will come out um, by tomorrow morning. So we have we're firing the podcast at you guys, but Jim, any other um, any other last minute comments? Yeah, I, uh, bottom to top, you know, from the
0: first fight to the last fight, UFC two hundred five lived up to the hype. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, but ultimately, the fight that everybody wanted to see was the McGregor and Alvarez fight, and that was everything that we at all. Hoped that it would be, um, and I, I don't want to say that nobody thought that that would happen. But but there's always that you know thought in the back of my mind. Alvarez and his wrestling skills, and he touched on it himself in that clip that we played for you. That his plan was, you know, to utilize his wrestling. He never got to do that, and to see somebody, to see a fighter, be able to. Completely dominate, and these are world class athletes. These are f- fighters that are at the top of their game. Conor may mention that um, that he's twenty eight years old, and he doesn't think that he has reached his prime yet. And think about that. What that you know will look like in say a year or two years when he, according to him, may
1: be at the peak of his fighting game. So. You know, that... I would say most fighters um, reach their peak, the, the elite level fighters reach their peak at like 31, 32.
0: Right, right. So, you know, the, the sky is the limit for Conor McGregor. And it's going to take a tremendous feat um, for, for somebody to dethrone him. Not saying that that can't happen. Obviously, anything can happen. On any given night in the UFC. And we've seen it over and over again. But but Conor McGregor is everything that he wants us all to believe. And unfortunately for his opponents, he is making them fight his fight. And that's, that's what I want to see. That's what every fan wants to see. Um, we got to see all of that. Um, and more last night with Connor.
1: And just to give a, an idea on the historical proportion of this fight, uh, the UFC is 23 years old. They just set the largest gate by far in UFC history at $17.7 million gate um, last night. Um, a crowd of 20,427 was the announced attendance. And... Just just to wrap things up here, um, the $50,000 uh, winning bonuses uh, for post-fight bonuses were Conor McGregor and Yoel Romero took Performance of the Night, and Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson won the Fight of the Night bonuses. It was a great, great night of fights. It makes me wonder what is um, next for the UFC in New York, and that relationship in Madison Square Garden. There's a card already set for Brooklyn, um, and it, it's just uh, I think a lot of exciting things to happen. Um, a couple unfortunate uh, fight cancellations didn't damper this card. It was a it was a a real treat for all, and um, and and I think the crowd walked away extremely pleased. There wasn't a uh, a sad soul in the crowd. Forty three, well, forty four, including Alvarez. Outside of, you yeah, know, and it's forty three fans. Eddie, Eddie Alvarez. So that wraps it up. We will be back with you uh, with another one, another podcast um, to wrap up UFC two hundred five. And uh, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you soon.